When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. I'm Jeff, that's Tom, there's Director Matthew. Thanks for joining us. Hope you're well. Florida State, Florida week begins. Happy Thanksgiving week as well. Great to be with you. On Twitter, it's at Cameron Show. And away we go. Great time of year. Great week to be an old and to get excited about football right here in our backyard on Friday night, Florida State, Florida. Let's get it on. Let's conclude the season in the uplifting manner. We kind of thought they had a really good chance to achieve after the Clemson loss, and now here we are. Will they pay it off? We said the questions would be answered. That was the topic. That's the what I led with right after the loss to Clemson. Wasn't the score, wasn't the yardage, wasn't the game, wasn't the fact that they lost. Was all the questions you need answered will be in the next five games. Four of those five have ended in lopsided victory for Florida State and a chance now to cap it off. The coup de grace with a win over Florida. And if it's dominant like the other four, my goodness gracious, we will be talking about seven if it happens in the manner that is entirely possible, which you and I are going to talk about in a minute. But if it happens, we will end the season with a robust seven rocking chair games. Woo! Woo! That's doing some things a year removed from finishing with a losing record. That's doing some things, to say the least. An understatement. Florida State, another dominant victory on Saturday. Expected it. Then we really expected it when the word came down that, uh, obviously, Louisiana was going to have a little bit more trouble than they anticipated and that their starting quarterback could not give it a go. I don't think it would have mattered. I don't think these teams were evenly matched. We talked about that, that the line of scrimmage would be won by Florida State. And if that's the case, then you're going to win the game, barring bizarre turnovers, special team snafus, things like that. You're going to win the game if you're going to dominate the line of scrimmage. And I would argue that Florida State has a chance to win the line of scrimmage yet again this weekend against the University of Florida. That's where it starts. That's where it starts. That's when you get down in the muck, baby. You start talking about what is it that Florida State's going to have to do to get the 
result that we're all hoping to see. Well, you got to win the line of scrimmage. And I didn't think last year they did. I, I didn't think they'd done at all. I thought last year Florida State lost the line of scrimmage, and it was an underrated aspect of the game. I know a lot of people dismissed that game as, well, Florida got underneath Florida State's skin and got into their heads. And if Jordan Travis hadn't gotten hurt for you know a quarter and a half, then maybe, maybe things would have been different. I'm not so sure. I think Florida was more physical across the board last year, and I thought they were better along the lines of scrimmage. The good news is I don't think Florida will be this year. And then the other elements of the game have also gotten better for Florida State. The maturity on the field is on display every weekend. This is a group that handles their business. They are workmanlike. When we talk about why you like this team, it goes above and beyond you went to school there, you've always rooted for Florida State. It goes above and beyond the W's and L's even. It's that they're a likable bunch because of that workmanlike clock-in, clock-out mentality. They've put in the effort and the time, and they have made the sacrifices that allow you to warm up to them. Lots of teams win. Florida State went undefeated in 2014 before they got to the college football playoff. Undefeated. Undefeated regular season, and they were not likable. They were not likable. We love them, and we root for them. But we did that in spite of the the likability quotient being very small, (laughs) very small, because they ho-hum their way through every game. Just, uh, eh, I guess we got to try now. And they had a miracle worker at quarterback, and they were able to do that. And, you know, those kinds of things get you wins, plural, but that doesn't mean they're very likable. This group's the opposite of this. Man, that group, that, this group here, they from day one, since we were out there at spring on into the fall watching these practices, you know, it was annoying even before we had the tangible proof that is this season. It was annoying for us to have to come in here before the games started and say things like, man, this is, uh, you're going to like this team. You know, they work really hard. They're very organized. We had to say it so many times because we didn't have results. We didn't have games on display where you could say, see, this is what we're talking about. They play for each other. They care deeply. They don't give in. They play hard all the time. They don't overlook the small stuff, the details. They're buttoned up. They block for each other out on the perimeter, which they didn't do a year ago or the year before that. They did all of these things. They can handle adversity. They don't wilt in those moments. They fight. They do all those things. Before we could see it play out that way and have the results that we have now, we had to come in and talk an awful lot about, well, they seem like they really care. They they, they practice hard. They they are working. They, they, there is all, you know what I mean? There, there are all those things we had to say. But, but here it's happened now. The, 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 the so-called proof of concept that everybody clamors for and talks about, it's happened. And so now you're just, this, these are like the cherries on top. This is, this is the result of that. And now you wonder just how high they can soar, how high they can climb, as Mike would say, just how far can this program go. I do think Irish Chaffel makes a great point in his 321 call on warchant.com. Go check it out if you haven't already that these years are in and of themselves, right? They're unto themselves, these seasons. And I think that is true more than ever before in the land of college football. It's always been true in the NFL. You know, in the NFL, because it's a salary cap league, you lose people, guys get hurt, stuff like that. Next thing you know, you know, you're missing two or three people. Uh, season could change. It could be derailed. You, you lose one defensive tackle, and all of a sudden you're in trouble, right? And, and so the team that was really good the year before loses that guy, and they're not so good the next year. 
But that doesn't mean they won't be good the following year. You just That's why we watch teams go from last place to first place to being great. Like the Rams, the Rams are awful. They're one of the worst teams in football right now. We won the Super Bowl last year. So the NFL is weird that way, and we always kind of know salary cap leagues will do that to you. College football, generally speaking, you could watch the buildup. You could see a freshman become a sophomore and get bigger and stronger and then become a junior, and now he's more experienced, and he's done all of these things, and we project the next year because Larry Smith – was a, was a good athlete when he came to Florida State, but he really didn't know what he was doing. He wasn't big enough yet. Now Larry's gotten a lot bigger, and he played in some games last year, and he had to wear his lumps, right, have to, had to deal with that. Now he's better. And now Larry's going to be a junior, and he's a full-time starter, and here we go, right? Uh, and, and so you're kind of like, all right, I could project that we have a lot of guys like Larry coming in next year, and that team's going to be good. Well, those days are kind of – those days are, are maybe going the way of the dodo because you can have a Bolitnikoff Award winner who's a junior and he gets sniped, meaning somebody takes him. Somebody just goes, we got more money than you do. Come on to the West Coast, baby. Roll on out here and play with Caleb. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it happens all the time. So, A, you have to really appreciate the now, what this team is this year, and the way they play for each other and how hard they play and all the cool things that they do and that it's always on display and it's great. And then know that that's not necessarily indicative of a performance to come, meaning next year. Not necessarily. Now, I do like the nuts and bolts of the organization. I do like what he's built. I do like what it's built on, what it's rooted in, why it was bought into to begin with, the unwavering way in which he stuck to principles. All of that is a good sign, I think. I think... There's going to be a lot more consistency there down the line because it's rooted in something genuine that's been bought in and can be passed on by those that do leave the program, uh, either through graduation or the NFL draft. You're always in this day and age going to have situations where kids decide maybe their future is somewhere else. And because they have that right now to just ride, they can do that. Hey, listen, it stinks when it happens to you. You may lose a guy. Or two, but you're going to get a guy or two. It's the yin and the yang, right? It's going to yin and yang. It's going to happen. It's going to be a thing where you go, okay, we're going to lose this guy. But you know what? Somebody from afar who's at another organization right now that they were excited to have is going to look and say, I like what's going on at Florida State. So you lose one and then another one comes on in. How well do you manage that? How well are you able to do that? Can you seduce others in the transfer portal to be a part of what you've built? And I think Mike has shown the answer is a resounding yes, he can. Yes, he can. And we'll continue to watch for those players that they bring in in addition to whatever this signing class looks like from the high school ranks. I'm just sad, though, because I'm hearing that, and those are the offseason questions, and those are pertinent because the offseason is upon us nearly. Even though we got a bowl game and 15 practices coming, yeah, it's, it's next week. It's kind of a bummer. You know, there are times, most of the last five or six seasons, where when you get to Florida week, and notwithstanding the COVID season where we didn't play the Gators, you know, you love your Knowles, but you're okay if the season comes to a conclusion. That's the way I felt for a lot of these last five years. We're, all right, football season's over. Let's flip it on over to hoops, which we can't do now. Oh, I'll get to it very but briefly. That's not what this is about. No. This is about, I'm sad. I saw Troy say that in, in the chat. I, you know, it's just, it's bittersweet that this season is pretty much done now. And there's urgency for this week, and I can't wait to break this game down and talk about this game because it means more than Florida and Florida State has meant for a long, long time. 
and it's going to be under the lights the way it was in 2016 here, which is one of my favorite games I've ever been to, just because it was unique. I'm used to this game kicking off at noon or at 3.30. Not under the lights at Doak. It did six years ago. It's going to do so again this week. But there's an injustice about this game being on Thanksgiving week every season <laughs> in that it doesn't get the do and the build-up the way that Miami always does. You get a full five days to enjoy it. Well, Thanksgiving week always shortens it by one day, and now you're kicking off on a Friday. So there is a real urgency this week for this final game of the regular season. But I would love to watch this football team play five more games, six more games. They're just so likable. Across the board. They are, and uh, it's it's... Listen, uh, it, it's now kind of who they are. It's their, per, it's the personality of this team that is so likable. Um, you've got a lot of uh, leaders on this team, um, guys that really make it impossible to ignore the strides and both on and off the field that the program has made. Uh, and I, and I think now you want you, what you do, Tom. I think what you're referencing, and this is interesting. I, th- I think you you end up wanting it for them more than you want it for you. And that is very rare. That is something to talk about. Like when you want it for the guys. Now, look, we're all, we're grown ups. We're, we're and Mike. I'm an old man, so of course I always want the kids to do well. I was 18 once, 19 once. I know what that's like. And and so I'm always rooting for the kids. But some teams, you really want it for them. You just because they've earned your trust. They've laid it on the line. They've cared the way that you care about your university. And they've suffered some setbacks and hung in there, chin up, and fought back. And now you want them to get their just due. And when you find yourself wanting it for them, that's a really that's a that's a unique thing that you have to appreciate. It. We all want our team to win. Professional football, professional basketball, professional baseball, college, you name it. Whomever it is you root for, individual sports, team sports, pro, college, we all want our teams to win. But admittedly, year to year. Some pull at your heartstrings a little more than others based on the way they play, what they've gone through, how they've sacrificed all of it, and come out the other side. Yeah, I, I agree across the board. It's the ultimate compliment that you can give to a football team, you know, is that you like them to that level, that their success is is more mm-hmm. than the joy you get. Look, we're alum, and so we care very much sure. when Florida State wins. It, it puts the pep in the step on a Sunday and then on into a little victory Monday on this program, and we're citizens of the – Fine city of Tallahassee and oh, Leon so County. so good for the restaurants and bars and all the places around town. The buzz that's created, it's, of course. Yes. It's good for business. It was at the old ESPN station. It is at Warchan. But sure. this year, what I, I mean, really, this is about selflessness this year. It's about the faith being rewarded for so many different parties. It starts with the players because a lot of these guys, like a Pokey Wilson or a Leonard Warner, they've seen the whole thing. They've been here mm. for the whole <laughs> thing. Leonard Warner was here in Bobby's final season. Uh, yeah, he was. <laughs> He's seen some things now. Yeah. I think Leonard Warner was wearing the old jerseys. Yeah. I think he was wearing the old jerseys before the switch. Uh, so I'm happy for those guys. I'm happy for the players that you know took a leap of faith, either saying yes out of high school or through the transfer portal, but I'm also happy for this fan base. We have been beleaguered. Yeah, sure. Legitimately yeah. beleaguered. And so for all of you that are on the chat or the podcast listeners or, or the listeners at this station or the previous one, We've had to go on a ride together, and this has been a year of your faith and steadfastness with this program being rewarded because here it is, the proof of concept that you alluded to. Now let's go pay it off on Friday night and finish this thing, and if you see on Warchant TV Coach Norvell's Monday interview, it's a little bit different. It's not at the dais. It's a post-practice interview because of the short week. Razor sharp focus. 
oh. out of Mike Norvell. He is locked the hell in. He's ready to go. Well, and and I think uh, all he, he gets it. He always has. One of the things that we talk about with uh, this football team, this football program, and this football staff, this coaching staff, is the fact that Mike doesn't shirk responsibility. He doesn't avoid taking responsibility when, when he needs to. In the in you know, and I'm talking about the good and the bad, but he's also never been shy about admitting some games mean more than others. It's refreshing to have a coach who says that. It's a refreshing refreshing to have a coach admit to you that he cares deeply about beating Miami more than he does say Louisiana. It does mean more. It means more to beat Florida than it does to beat Syracuse. It just does. It, it's nice along the way to garner those wins, but these games mean more. Yeah, there are times you you will roll your eyes because of the cliches that the coaches kick out there. Yeah. But one he said, and I initially my instinct was to oh god, because every coach says stuff like this. These are the ones you'll remember forever. That that is true. That is true in a rivalry game. If you cite five years from now the 2022 Florida game, our minds will be able to immediately pull information from and say, oh my god, that's right. Like for example, 2014. What do you think of with the 2014 game here? Terrence Smith yeah. hobbling on one leg. One leg. It took 29 seconds for him to catch the ball and then run it all the way down the field and score the touchdown. I don't know if that's literally true, but it felt that way as we were watching together above in the stands. 2016, patient, then explosive, and a touchdown for the Knowles. That's the call for Dalvin Cook's touchdown run. This is that kind of game, and this is one where you've got an opportunity to put it on him legitimately you've got an opportunity to do i don't know if it's going to be as comprehensive as miami was that's going to be a tough thing to replicate but there is a path now and it has nothing to do with the vandy performance just in general what florida is good at not good at this whole season they're six and five for a reason there's an examination for us to get to and we will and it will be fun i i noticed it in the chat i wanted to get to it today too because i think it's a hell of an accomplishment i really respect willie simmons i want to give credit to fam we talk about the community being enriched and the energy and the buzz that is created when these programs are succeeding in our city and we both love Tallahassee. it's home and and florida a&m started the season zero and two and finished nine and two that is a whole bunch of what for from fam as well and then they're snubbed from the playoffs which is unfortunate um and and obviously i could I can imagine the disappointment that Coach Simmons feels, but congratulations to Florida A&M. Uh, sincerely, when you start 0-2, I mean, a lot can go wrong in a hurry, and to keep that together, we t- well, we're, we're talking about resiliency. We're talking about these concepts, these things that we you want to see in a team. 13-6 and are the Knowles since that start last year, 0-4, when Coach Norvell had a choice. Do I switch up the message? Do I push some different buttons? Mm-mm. Or do I preach the same thing, and we just get back to work? 13-6 and six since that 0-4 start to last year. Yeah, well, I mean, there, there's no doubt they've turned a corner. Uh, Florida State has turned the corner big time. And now it just becomes about where we set the bar and the expectations. And we talk about building on successes and getting to a certain place where then the next stated goal is elevated. I mean, obviously, Tom, we, we talked last year about, can we just have a non-losing season? I mean, sweet Jesus, can we? Is it too much to ask to have a, a season where you go to a, any bowl, any, the sorriest bowl, the bowl that's played on December 2nd? <laughs> like, hey, we're in a bowl. It's hot as Hades yeah. out here. It's so early yeah. in the postseason. Even if we're like the halftime show for the uh, Army Navy game. Yeah, can, you know? we, can, can we, we just play a little bit hey, more? Come out and wave that we had a winning season. <laughs> and you know what happened this weekend? It ends up we finished second in the Atlantic. I know. What the hell? Oh, buddy, I saw where you and I both oh. got Mac Brown. 
We got Mac Brown to get. Mac Brown will do that to a brother. He will sabotage the greatest of days. Man, so you put that result next to only a three-point victory over the University of Miami. And what does that tell you? Some people are called the GOAT because they're great. <laughs> and some people are just goats. I saw that you live betted it, and I felt bad for you. I'm like, oh, he got Mac Brown. I did. I did. They were up 17 to nothing. I thought short, well, and they had an empty possession up 17 to nothing. No points going for it on fourth down with an uninspired play call again on, on a fourth and short. But I thought perhaps in this instance, Drake May is so good that he can overcome the fraudulence. Vince Young was good enough to do that. May is not, apparently. May, not they yet. didn't score another point no. <laughs> the rest of the game, Tom. Not another point. You know, it's totally okay with me that I lost that bet because I think I'm a bigger winner when the fraud, when the fraud does the what he does. Goats and are now, there, baby. And now, you know, if more uh, of the uh, the skyscrapers came crumbling with the uh, the top five teams, mm. you know, their seasons that they had erected, it was very, very close for TCU. Very, very close for Michigan. Oh my God, it was crazy to watch. Well, hell, if, if it was thirty-three to thirty in the fourth quarter, Ohio State, Maryland. If those games had finished, yes, correct. If those games had finished the way that they were looking for a long period of time, you know, we could be staring the Orange Bowl in the face right now because Clemson would be find their way back backing the its way into would, the playoff, yeah, and that's backing their way indeed. By the way, they still could. Can we? Can we just at least acknowledge? We got so much to acknowledge. It was a wild weekend. Unfortunately, we. By the way, Ian, that is that is really good. Mac is too busy defeating the Grim Reaper, Jeff. <laughs> so my mom was in town. This is what you've cultivated. The, this well, is the me, audience you've cultivated. Let me show you something. I, this is going to make you laugh. Where do you think I get it from? My mom's in town, and th- we're watching the end of the North Carolina Georgia Tech game. Oh and, no! And Mac walks out after a timeout. She goes, "Jesus, Mac, you're going to die." And I look over at my mother. I've never been so proud. She goes, when did he get to be such a fat ass? I agreed. I said, well, Mom, you're not paying attention to North Carolina football. Because if you were, you would have seen the campus tour that the ACC did. And you would have jumped off the couch the way I did that first day and gone, my God, Mac. All right. So we're going to have to do a little producer and host meeting on the fly here. So we don't have a show on Friday because we got the pregame show at 4.30 at Hotel Indigo. Which that is means correct. that you have to do your pick segment on Wednesday. That is correct. You have to ask without context, Mom, what do you think about Mac Brown? <laughs> Please, I for know. all of us. I know. This is the answer that everybody has to hear now. She said it. She, she looked right at him, and she was flabbergasted. Now, she had had a glass of wine, and my mom weighs like a buck oh five. So that one glass of wine might have gone to her head where – you know, no more guardrails. Just going to say whatever. But she did. She saw him walk out of the field when he called the time. She went, my God, what happened to Mac Ryan? What a fat ass. Jeez. Well, I, then she'll say something like, good heavens, he needs to get it together. Well, that's that's what, what she's going to say on She's rooting for people. Yeah, she, uh, like, yeah. we're, we're indifferent about Mac. I'm not rooting for him to die, but whatever. I'm not losing sleep if he does. I'm just saying, we, we, we see him and we're like, good God, Mac, just calling it a day. Good thing they've got May, by the way. I mean, it didn't help them beat Georgia Tech. No, no, it sure didn't. <laughs> it sure didn't. All right, it was the tale of two halves. I at least have to mention the collapse of the second half that uh, our beloved basketball team had against the Lizards. Jeff Cabot Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. 
passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Jeff Cameron Show, good Monday, everybody. Hope you had a great weekend. I know it was an easy one. Rocking chair win for Florida State yet again. Man, is it easy to get used to watching us pummel teams into submission early in games. I also did not want to ignore those that have stepped up here on a Monday and contributed to the chat. Thank you so much. Uh, Squarini? Squarini? Woo! Fun to say that. Uh, Appreciate you. Super sticker in that thing, and Z-Chan, as always. How you doing, Doc? Good day, gents. Today's crown goes to the U.S. men's national team, who will hopefully get their first win today after an eight-year hiatus from the World Cup. And he wants you to know he believes. Um, I don't believe. Uh, Maybe they'll win today. That'd be great. Well, it's Wales and Iran. You win those two games, you move on, and let's get with the getting. No, I'm already. I'm excited there. England I, will be I, tough on Friday. I, I don't. I don't have high hopes. I don't delude myself into thinking we're going to do anything in the World Cup. And that way, if we do, well, it's all roses. I will. Can, the last time I will clean up an error that I have been propagating for weeks. You where have. the U.S. Men's National Team website has Pacific time listed <laughs> as their standard start time for matches. I don't. Yeah. I don't get this. Yes. The East Coast is the only time zone that matters. So it's a two p.m. <laughs> Starts at today's match, so 27 minutes. And then also 2 p.m. on Friday. So it's much more of a tailgate event than it is a morning, morning gathering. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah. No, I, I, I can only imagine the shock when you learned of this problem, when you saw this and said, what, what kind of shenanigans is going on here with these Pacific times? Your default setting is Pacific. <laughs> Come what is on. wrong now. with you? Well, I mentioned it. This will be very brief. Um, fool's gold. Just should be the headline. Fool's gold for that first half against Florida in basketball. There we sat through the first 20 minutes feeling very good. The second half saw a startling reversal in fortune, to say the least, and a whole lot of little moments of humiliation along the way. It was startling. Oh, my goodness. I don't know how you blow a 17-point lead inside of 30 seconds. I mean, that was it was kind of like, well, guys... There are two halves of this basketball game. 43-26 Knowles at the break. And at the break, Florida State, the numbers, 3 of 6 from 3, 15 of 31 from the field. That's nearly 50%. 10 of 11 from the free throw line. Only five turnovers. They out-rebounded Florida. I was stunned. That never happens. And, um, you know, we had the edge on the points in the paint. We had a working margin on second-chance points. We had an advantage 
7-0 in fast break points. Um, the Gators, meanwhile, were 1 of 12 from 3 and 8 of 29 from the floor. We had four blocks in the first half against Florida. And, um, you know, Derek, listen, Green was shooting the lights out. Matthew Cleveland, who hasn't played well yet this year, was having a good game. The motion offense was moving. Yeah, you saw a 10-man rotation, Nahima Cloud back in there. You know, you had Chandler Jackson, and um, he makes his debut. Deontay Green, he's in there. Okay, all right. And by the way, that that actually is encouraging just moving forward. If you're looking for something, you're getting some guys back. So they're not going to lose all their games. <laughs> they're getting some guys back. They're not going to go in each week with six dudes or seven dudes. No, need to get that win over Siena this week. Playing Siena. It's an important game, Let's Tom. Go. We'll be locked in. Um, but, you know, Florida rebounded in the second half of this game, and uh, we got back into some of our bad habits. And, um, you know, there was a posterization. Nahima Cloud will not want to see that. Don't watch Sports Center, young man. It made it over and over and over again. I'm like flipping over to Bally Sports and seeing that dunk. It was awful. The whole nation. Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> Why are they showing that? It's it's our game against the Raging Cajuns. I know. Why is that part of the opening montage? Um, UF shot over 50% in the second half, 40% from three. They got to the free throw line. We had a ton of turnovers in the second half. 15-2 to two domination in points off of turnovers. 8-0 advantage in pass break points. 7-0 margin in second chance points. The, the game flipped on its head. Also, the Bally app. My God. I don't have the Bally app. So I had to do the seven-day free trial in order for this weekend's uh, watch-along to Mm -hmm, work. mm -hmm. It was legitimately two and a half to three plays behind real time. I mean, Is that right? Minutes behind. behind, Yeah. Um, All I'll say in this situation for Florida State, won't we have Mercer? Don't we play Mercer? That could be yes, yes before before Siena. Yeah, I'm no, just I'm, I'm targeting we, that because can we lock in? Uh, it's the Thanksgiving tournament. We're playing Siena tonight. We play Mercer, yeah, Tom. I yeah. knew I knew there was a game. I was like, "What's Tom talking about? We can get a win over Mercer." Oh, circle and Siena. No, circle Mercer. We could get a two game win streak going up in here. Let's go. Circle Mercer's two and two. It's at the TLC Double C. You don't just stroll on it. <laughs> No, you, you run with vigor into the... <laughs> I can't remember. Why wasn't I... Di- yeah, that's it. Are we bringing it back? Is it early in the year? Oh, that's the ding, ding. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. He's smoking, he's excited, but he's worried. Uh, the ding, ding's looking at us like Simon Cowell, that first season of American well, the, Idol. The, the, you're, the, you're, a, you're a fraud. Yeah, well, no, the ding, ding's <laughs> like, damn it. The beep, beep's gonna get him. You don't think the beef? <laughs> I think what I would do right now is I would be working on different philosophical setups on defense and mm, offense that mm. I'm going to break out in Greensboro for the ACC mm. tournament. That's our only One chance. One magical run. One magical, One magical week, week in Greensboro. I wouldn't show a thing about what I'm actually going to do in Greensboro. The number one indicator that uh, this team, and, and maybe they've just been as I am, want to say bereft of hope, and thus it affects the effort to the degree that they don't show up until they play Florida. Uh, But when you are a very tall team, and Florida State is, they average 6'5 or taller, right? And they don't rebound. They're losing the rebounding battle by an average of 10.2 per game. 
You know how likable the Florida State football team is? That would be the opposite of what we're seeing from this basketball team right now. That is a problem. That is a fair criticism. It is disconcerting. However, and it's a big however, they're getting guys back. Maybe the second half of games will not just feature a bunch of exhausted players, you know, who obviously cannot sustain the effort from the first half. Where do we get Boston College this year? Is it here or is it up there? Because if it's up there, I don't feel good. But if it's here, maybe, we, you know, there you go. There's an ACC victory. Going to need a lot more to get that going. We're striving to make it to the ding-ding. There you go, NIT. We're looking for you. We got to get, we got to 500? Got to get to 500? That's the rallying cry this year. It's not going to happen, guys. We're not going. The ding ding knows. He's just like, ah, oh, would have been good to have you back. It's been a, you know, I know, I know. Chef Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio. War Champ TV. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Well done, sir. Noel Dad writes, At what point do we, longing for the trolley and bus, settle for a ride from a trucker at the Flying J? Like it's the 1970s and we're waiting to be murdered. That's what happens at the rides from truckers. I'm all hop in. <laughs> I don't know if that was welcoming or forceful. Any, either way, whatever. Yeah, let's just blindly jump on in here. I'm sure it'll be fine. I got hot during the break, Tom. To take off yeah, I know you're shedding the layers. I had to take off the hat and the Sergio Tacchini. Is it uh, hot flashes? <laughs> hey, uh, this gives me an opportunity to make note of something, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. What a great year it's been. We've got another game, obviously, plus the bowl game, so it's not over yet. But I was reminded of it this weekend. A lot of people came out on Friday night. And then again on Saturday, we saw a lot of people, many for the first time, uh, meeting people for the first time, uh, long-time listeners of the show or followers of Warchant or both, and uh, friends of the program, as I like to say. And it's always an honor to meet people uh, who, who listen to the show and, and say nice things. It's humbling. I appreciate it. Thank you. And I met a lot of people this week in that way. And I got a hug from a little boy named Nico who came up to uh, – Corner Pocket on Friday, and it's one of the best hugs uh, that I have ever experienced. I mean, that kid's a hugger through and through, and let me tell you something. Uh, the Camerons are huggers. I mean, everybody knows this about me. I'm a hugger. My dad's a hugger. My mom's a hugger. We hug. Uh, we're affectionate folk when it comes that way. So when Nico came up, who I'd never met before, young man has listened to the show since he was little. He still is little. And uh, he, he looked excited. He came walking on over with his dad, and I got to meet him and his mom. And they were wonderful people, and Nico just wanted to hug. Not no, we're, None of this shaking hands. We're going to hug. And it was great. I gave him a big hug. So, Nico, if you're listening today, buddy, it was a pleasure to meet you. Uh, it was my honor. And thank you, buddy, for, for listening to the show. I appreciate you very, very much. Woo! Yeah. 
Well, we got more, huh? Jeff uh, and Tom. Nico, yeah. yeah. That is from Nico. And then Seth writes, Jeff and Tom, great meeting you guys at CP on Friday. Good talk on injuries, Jeff. Hoping the team stays focused this week and doesn't get dragged into a fight pregame. Excited for a beatdown. Go Knowles. Yeah, Seth was good to meet uh, you as well. Uh, Seth of the Achilles, if you recall, earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Walking yeah. okay. Um, so it was it was great. Woo! Appreciate it. And, yeah, by the way, so Aaron can see, you know, I, I've got a lot of hair here. You know, I, I, he, he can see it now that that's off. He writes, Jeff has more hair than Florida has chance of beating us on Friday. You know, it's interesting. It gets me to the Florida game itself, and I, I, I know you've begun to, the process of the breakdown to, yeah. to write about it for Warchant.com. Anthony Richardson should have it done tonight. Well, I look forward to reading it. I have watched a lot of Florida games um, this year. I tend to keep a close eye on our rivals. I'm always wanting to know from a program standpoint who's where in this race for recruits and statewide domination. And Florida State could really stamp that thing uh, as a clear victor and well in front as, uh, you know, the team that, if you're unsure, has the best chance to win the most amount of games over the next two, three years as a recruit. You want to be the clear-cut favorite in that category. And Florida State has that opportunity having absolutely humiliated Miami, who apparently is fond of being humiliated. Miami had 98 yards of offense this weekend. 98. 98. Sweet Jesus. Guess they cared to be there. I mean, quitting on a coach in year one. Mm. Well, now, that was something to behold. Maybe it's because the checks don't clear down there. I don't know. But I'll tell you what, 98 yards is hard to do. Everybody's run on Clemson this year. What are we doing? Run the ball, Miami. What are you doing? Can't? Can't can't run the ball? Oh. 98 yards, less than 25 yards per quarter. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. On that note, congratulations to the Raging Cajuns for scoring two more touchdowns on us than Miami than did. Miami did, yeah. Or yeah. Syracuse. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Scored more than Georgia Tech did, didn't they? Think, yeah. But, yeah, by one? By one point. Yeah, by one yeah. point, yeah. Georgia Tech, who also scored more touchdowns on us than Miami did. Yeah. Yeah. And who beat North Carolina. Yeah, that's Good right. Good job, Mac Brown. Mm. Uh, Unbelievable. So, 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 so there's that. Uh, but then, anyhow, I've watched a lot of Florida, and they are weird. They are a Jekyll and Hyde team. That South Carolina team that just put it on Tennessee to the tune of 63 points, Spencer Rattler, who sucked all year long and basically his entire career, decides to show up on this given night and drop six touchdowns on Tennessee's defense. Effortless. I mean, it was really effortless in the way in which he operated. Uh, but that said, that South Carolina team got housed by Florida. I mean, Florida basically humiliated South Carolina, did anything they wanted. And you've watched Florida nearly lose at home to USF, who has one win this year, who's terrible, who's like not competitive, who fired their coach. You've seen Kentucky look bad, you know, like losing to Vanderbilt, but then Florida lost to Vanderbilt, and Kentucky beat Florida. So it's a weird, I don't know, that team, to me, Anthony Richardson, when playing well, and he did throw for 400 yards in their loss to Vanderbilt, when playing well gives them a fighting chance to beat a lot of teams. They could have beaten Tennessee. They were down eight in the second half to Georgia. They've been in these games. It shows they can compete. They're not good on defense. They don't play consistently well. They have broken assignments on defense a lot. 
and that certainly bodes well for Florida State's offense, which is really cooking right now. But this is going to be a, a more unique challenge, I think, against Florida's offense if Anthony Richardson is at the peak of his game. Because high-end Anthony Richardson is actually good. Yeah, he's le- legit good. Uh, you can see why the pros like the clay that they could mold. He's a project for the NFL, but he does some things that are just unique. Well, he's really, got a really cannon gifted. for an arm. And it's a free motion. It's yeah. like watching a pitcher who you say yes. when you're watching his wind out of his hand. And you say there's no injury there. He's not putting any stress. He's not Chris Sale mm-hmm. who's going to have his arm come out of the socket as he's delivering a pitch. It's easy breezy. He keeps his eyes downfield. As long as he sees the rush in front of him, his eyes are down the field to make a play. He does not feel pressure from backside, though, and Correct. that's good. So there's a difference between being able to see it, yep. outmaneuver a defender, and make a play with your legs, which he can do, but also being able to feel the rush. He doesn't. His timing's not good. It's not a great pocket presence. That's why he's a work in progress. Correct. He's also very difficult to bring down to the well, ground, and, and he's not afraid to use his size. There are some similarities, for example, between him and DJ. Except for DJ doesn't run with any kind of manliness. DJ is timid. And he's Richard- afraid to get hit. Richardson is not. No. He's not afraid. Mm-hmm. And he will run for that extra three or four yards if you give up on a play. So he's the guy that if we have to take a penalty along the sidelines, the tape says that you got to play to the echo of the whistle with him because he will cheat and take those extra three or four yards well, if you pull up. one of the things up. about the rules I don't like. Because he'll yeah. run you over. He'll just put his shoulder into your chest and, yeah. you're, I mean, you're going to go for a ride. And by, I will point this out because it, it may turn out to be uh, something that matters in the game on, on Friday. Coaches have to, and Mike is very mindful of these things and I think does a good job with this, but the coaches have to talk to refs before games about certain aspects of their own team and the other team. And all coaches do this, by the way. So if you're a team that really blocks well on the perimeter with your receivers, one, Billy Napier is going to tell the officials that they hold. That's what he's going to say. He's going he's gonna to get in their ears and say, watch them. They hold. I watch tape all week long, and, yeah, there's a reason they run the ball so well every week, ref. They hold out on the perimeter. So he's trying to get in their heads, right? Meanwhile, Mike's going to say, now listen, we've worked really hard this entire offseason. We had refs there every day at practice. When we scrimmaged, we made sure that we know how to block with great technical precision. We are not holding out there. Don't let them try to tell you we're holding out there. You watch us. We have our hands where they're supposed to be, and we block it up. That's our MO. It's what we do. We throw to the perimeter. So both sides are going to make that point. But Mike is going to have to say, hey, look, their quarterback is a grown-ass man who can really run. And you are not going to tell my defenders that when we're out on the perimeter, they have to pull up or they're going to get run the hell over. Because that's what he does. He fakes like he's going out of bounds, and then he lowers his shoulder, and my guy's not going to get bitched. So don't just because he rides him into the sideline and we go flying into the, into the uh, stools and so forth and let them jump up and down like the world's on fire. No, man, that's not a penalty. If his feet are inbounds, he's getting hit. Yeah, that's a great clip from the Bobby Bowden documentary from the 80s. It might have been the late 70s, but I'm pretty sure it's the 80s. Yeah. Where he goes and talks to the officials in the hallway before the game starts yeah. and the specifics that he goes through. Yeah. I mean, it's like six or seven things that he wanted. Okay, now, and he's got a notepad. Like, okay, now, on to the defense. Yeah. And here's some of the things we got to talk about there. Don't let them do this now. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was, it, yes, it, that's an art. There's an art form to that. But the thing that I'm most excited about is I think we can stop the straight ahead run. I do too. And that is everything, that's the game. If you can stop the straight-ahead run, if you look at Richardson's grades and numbers, play action is a huge deal. Some quarterbacks, it's not a big deal at all. Tom Brady is one of the famous examples of if he's in play action situations, you're screwed. 
Richardson is a hell of a lot more productive and a lot r- more risk averse if he can get out of play action and make throws downfield. Yeah. But and they're going to keep doing it. They're stubborn that they want to run between the tackles. You can see what Napier wants to be. Yeah, he's going to be. I actually think that he's going to end up being a good coach. But it's not a ton of counter. They have some. They run quarterback power to the outside, but they don't mm. run a ton of counter like we do. It's right up the gut between the tackles. And the fact that Fabian Lovett in the past four weeks has played two games worth of football because they're all blowouts. Well, it's one of the great things about it's huge. everything that we've done these last four weeks, getting walk-ons in the game, third stringers in the game, meaningful minutes, second stringers, freshmen, you name it. I mean, we meaningful minutes for these guys and reps for these guys and these blowout wins. It's been beautiful. They, do, they want no tricks right up the gut. This is what we're going to do. But I, I, I wonder how quickly they come off that if we do stop it because they do have other elements with read options and things like that in motion. I don't think they can do it straight ahead. I think they're going to be in second and long straight ahead. And if they are, then that's the recipe for us to blow them out. It's not as sure of a thing as the Miami week. But there is a path here. There is, and it starts with stopping the run because the other thing that Napier wants to do, he did it against Tennessee. This was his goal. Shorten the game. He is fully aware of when he's outgunned. And so he wants to shorten the game. And if they can get on the ground those three and four yards, they're not going to rush to the line of scrimmage and tempo you. Yeah, they're gonna they want fewer reps, not more. Obviously, when you're out man, uh that's you, you know, you do want to shorten the game. Uh, if you have the better players, more plays, not less plays, Jimbo Fisher. Jeez. Um, but that said, yes, Napier gets it. And if they can keep the ball away from you and be in the game, obviously the pressure shifts to Florida State. He's also crazy. He reminds me of Coach Norvell year one. Um, well, 2021, the first real season. Mm-hmm. He'll go for on a fourth and two from anywhere on the field. He doesn't care. Well, fourth I, and two, fourth and three. Yeah, and I have a philosophy. I, I think in year one or year two when you're trying to send a message to your team that you believe in them and that you trust them, and also when you know you're not the better team most days because you haven't got your people in there yet and you haven't been able to flip personnel or the locker room for that matter, th- these are things that you do. You take chances – it, it, it's a risk-reward type thing where you say, you know what, we need the ball, man. We're, uh, we're not going to make a ton of stops. we gotta, we got to cash in when we can. We have it now, fourth and one. I'll take my chances. I'll take my chances here to get that yard. And i got a quarterback who's uh, a grown-up. I mean, that's a big boy. You ought to be able to run the ball with him and get a first down. He, he takes those chances. I think one of the messages for the defense this week has to be, you know, like the mistake that Dent made on the DJ pass down the seam where he kind of gave up on that play. Don't do that with this quarterback. The play's not over till he's on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Because he'll make something happen out of nothing. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. How did an hour go by, man? That's it. You can just tell it's four State Florida week. What a great weekend of football that was. More on the other side. Stay with us.